0: Hey, it looks
1: good. All I'll right, here we're
0: here. I didn't want to see Taylor. i Do you have a coat? All
1: right, code? everybody talk quietly amongst yourselves. Let's see you.
2: follow
1: come along
0: with. With. I'll come
2: with. Luke 2 verse 1 Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed. For her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is blessed. Please. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this, uh, about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them.
1: Let's open up our hymnals to 125. And uh, we will begin this morning to, to with joy to the world. I think it's one. <laughs> See what it does. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come into this and and into the middle of this uh, holiday season, thank you, Heavenly Father, so much for why we celebrate this season. For it is truly remarkable that God himself, the second person of Godhead, left the throne and became man in order to save us from our sins. What a, uh, we could never imagine what, what it took to, to do just that. To take on humanity. Now pray, Heavenly Father, as we come this morning, open up our hearts to the study this morning. As we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. I actually plan to do a part of the Christmas special. This, well, we are going to have our Christmas special next um, Lord's Day, and I had planned on doing it today. But when I got up, I just couldn't go that direction. So uh, it's still the Bible, so we'll still we'll still study through the Bible, and um, we are again in Hebrews chapter six, and. Um, in this, uh, much of our lives. And welcome, welcome day. And uh, Tim, I know you're there. Uh, you and Yvonne, I'm glad you're here with us. And Chris, um, got mom here. Nice to have you, mom. And um, so, and the rest and all good. Always love to have you all. Jolene, nice to see you. <laughs> uh, but all my lives, we've been, we've, are invested in looking forward to what we're going to do. Grady or uh, Wiley now is looking forward to starting his life. Um, a senior in high school, he's getting ready to graduate. He's got he, it's time to get you know, where the rubber meets the road and starting to do things that's going to secure his future. And many of us look at okay, what are we going to do? How are we you know we're going to college? We go and it used to be. That, yeah, uh, how many times have we said, well, you know, you go to school, you get good grades, then you go to college, then you get a good job and uh, make a lot of money, climb the corporate ladder, and you you reach some level of success. And some people are pretty good at that, and they, they put their whole lives, they center their whole lives around their future so that they can have a time to retire and then spend the rest of the time playing golf <laughs> or or whatever. Okay, I, I use every right, manual. You know. From time to time, I'll go by a golf course, and I'll see the guys out there, the execs, and what what have you. So, when we look at that, but let's look at that in another light, in comparison to what we do in life. How much time have we spent building our spiritual portfolio? That is investments for the spiritual life for eternity. To ensure that we have made the right investments, those investments that bring glory to God and blessings, eternal blessings and rewards and decorations for us. The uh, the title of this message is, What's in Your Eternal Wallet? And our passage is Hebrews 6, 6, 9 and 10. And we've been in here for some time, but there's a lot of meat and potatoes in here and um so we're we're going to continue there's a lot lot in here about the spiritual life and it's so important that we learn that spiritual life it's so important and if you not know, know anything else i want us to look i want us to think about what we do and the investments that we make and for not just for our future in time but our future in eternity pastor tim would say looking Looking in the light, or living in the light of eternity. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9. But beloved, we are convinced that better things concerning you, the things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. So uh, I want, and I emphasize this so much about spiritual life. And you should know it, it should be ingrained in you by now. But maybe somebody is listening in on the first time and they haven't heard it. But our salvation is much more than just being saved and getting us out of hell. We're not just saved from something. Now, getting out of hell is a perk. It's a good perk, by the way. It's a good thing. None of us want to go to hell, so we won't be saved from that. But we're not just delivered from something, but we're delivered to something. In in the time of Israel, the the Israelites were delivered out of Egypt, but they were delivered to something as they were to go as they were to go to the um, in the promised land, the, the land of that was flowing with milk and honey. That that promised land, that first generation, we we know that they didn't make it, but they were just delivered from one thing to be. Uh, They were brought out from one thing to be delivered to another. Well, we were delivered out from damnation, given eternal life, life upon life. So, receiving eternal life is not about getting out of hell. Getting out of hell is a perk. Eternal life and the life and the benefits of it We do not have to wait until we die to live in it. We're we're already living in the light of eternity. But we now are living uh, and making investments in it. We are making investments of it. um, And investments that will return great (laughs) rewards. We'll see today that what we do, what we do in getting our spiritual footing, growing in grace, our prayer life, our Bible study, our walking in spirit, our going the extra mile, those things that we do, there is work. We, we have been created. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, says that we've been created for good works, that we should walk in them. We're not just bench setters. We're not just listening to Bible doctor, Bible doctor, Bible doctor, Bible doctrine. Um, but there is work that has been prepared for us. First Timothy four eight says, "For bodily discipline is only is only of a little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for this present life and also for life to come." All right. So, first section we go into this morning is. The Portfolio of Spiritual Assets. It's funny, studying this, the light sheds on things that I was taught when when I was young, listening to the colonel, and he would call it the, the Portfolio of Invisible Assets. And okay, I listen, but when you're studying it and you come across it and you say, oh, that's what it's talking about. So let me bring that to your attention this morning. The idea is to make something of your life. The idea is something to make something of this life that you were saved. To live a life that is worthy of your calling. And contrary to popular belief, the so-called fat cats, the executives... Those who own mansions and drive around in nice cars, the corporate elites, for the most part, with some exceptions, they worked hard to get to where we they are. They made their investments. They have a portfolio. They they they've invested so that so that at some point in their lives they can enjoy a return on those investments gentlemen don't don't ever feel don't ever be jealous the world will try to make you uh, kind of program in you there's the haves and the have-nots and that these guys had won life's lottery and you should be jealous of them I would say a high percentage of them probably over 90 percent of them worked real hard to get to where they were at and they deserve what they what they've got you may you may be start. In a business way low on the ladder, and you may be a little jealous that your boss drives around in a Lamborghini or a, or a, and he lives in a mansion. Well, amen. Good. You know, um, and you, and you, you're just, you've got a little double wide or a single wide trail, and you're just, well, okay. Work hard. And, And it may pay off, it may not. Let me tell you this. You might, and let me tell you something. You might give your whole life to to be that spiritual success. You see, I'm not promising you if you work hard and then you apply yourself that you're going to drive a Lamborghini and live in a mansion. I'm not going to promise you that. Because the rug may be pulled right out from under you. And you may be as poor as anybody else. Okay? But I will promise you this. According to Scripture. According to God's Word. According to God's promise. You get your spiritual footing. And you begin to grow in the Lord. And you get your spiritual priorities down. And you serve and love the Lord with all your heart and with all your mind with all your soul. As Jesus said, we store up our treasures in heaven. I guarantee you because the scripture says right here that there is going to be great reward and there is no failure. There is no failure. So, there are dues also that have to be paid in the spiritual life to effect your eternal reward. We came into this life by grace and we've been given grace assets which we'll talk some about today. And those grace assets will help us. Well, they are there. Those assets are there in their design, their tools. They're not there just to grace, just to grace us out, just to grace for itself. But those assets are there to help us to get to the high ground of spiritual maturity. And yes, you may be, listen, you may complain about inequality in this life. And, um, again, you may pit the, you may, you may say and I hope you don't do it, because I'll, I'll get on you quickly on this. You may complain about the haves and the have-nots. And mostly you hear that from the have-nots who are complaining with those who have. But, you know, you get to heaven, you're going to find out there's great inequality in heaven, too. One thing you're going to find out, if you go to college... You're going to find, and your mother find it, your mother saw this too. There's going to be those that's you're going to work hard to get the grade. And you're going to hit the honor roll. And you're going to, you're going to excel in what you do because you've worked at it. While your buddies are out partying, doing this and doing that, going away for the weekend, doing whatever they need to do, you're working. And you're applying everything you got you' going re- you going re- you're going to advance those same people are going to complain about you because wow you know you've, you' you're, you've got certain merits and they say it's unfair it's unequal because their mindset is saying everybody ought to be equal well guess what in heaven it's going to be inequality because here in time there are those Christians that are advancing in the spiritual life. There are those Christians that have their spiritual priorities. There's those Christians that's learning to walk by the means of the Spirit. They're growing in doctrine. They're they're praying. They're they're doing. They, they they're in the Word of God and they're developing foundation to live by. And so when you part this life and you you're in and up in heaven. You'll find out that there's going to be, for some, it's going to be well done, good and faithful servants. There's going to be others that's going to stand there naked with nothing to show for a life that should have been lived for Christ. They will have their salvation, but there will be nothing connected to a life. So, there'll be no poverty. Listen, there's going to be no poverty in heaven. There's gonna be no any there's gonna be no um, unhappiness. There's gonna be no discontentment, but there are going to be those who are going to you there's gonna be those that are gonna have the special cords and stuff for their uniforms. Those that worked to get to where they're going to have those certain achievements, they're gonna prove themselves worthy of rulership, male and female. The Lord says, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things." But we're all going to be happy. But you know what? I'd rather I'd rather be I'd rather be happy driving around a Lamborghini or a or or beautiful, fancy vehicle than a Volkswagen. If I have to drive around broke-down Volkswagen, I'm going to still be happy. I don't think the Volkswagen heaven will be broke down. But, you know, know, I'm happy with what I got. I'm content with what I got. But, you know, I'm going to be there's going to be blessings upon blessings in heaven. Alright, coming back uh, passage, Hebrews 6 verse 9. But, uh, but beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, uh, though we are speaking in this way. So, again, it's much more than just getting out of hell. But it, there is that which accompanies salvation number one. Salvation one, phase one, is justification. Justification. You have adjudicated by yourself, but there's so much to be added to it. Let me put it like this. You're in a dungeon. You And you're sentenced to death. And um, there comes a day when it's time to die. It's time that there, and you hear somebody coming, and you, you think it's your jailer. The executioner. They're coming because they're going to take you and escort you to the Gallows. And you've been in prison so long, you stink. Your clothes are just falling off your body. You're just, you malnourished and everything else. And after all that, you're getting ready to just go to the gallows. All of a sudden, the door opens up and light comes in. And you're kind of blinded a little bit from the light that's coming in. But it's not your executioner. The man on the other side said, Come on out. He says, I bought your freedom. I paid the king. And I paid him an exorbitant amount of money in order. I mean, just millions and millions of dollars. It's just put it in dollar cents. Millions. Mil- I paid him a billion dollars to let you go. And um and he agreed. He he wanted that money, so he, he set you free. He, I paid the ransom for you. Come on out. And I don't even know you and you pay you, you paid the price for me to be free. What do you say to something like that? No you didn't have to do that. <laughs> no. Thank you. That that seems a little short too. But the guy says, wait, 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 wait. You know, I didn't let's not stop there. I didn't just I didn't just buy your freedom, but I also adopted you as my son, as my daughter. You're going to come with me and let me dress you up. Let me, let me give you my signet ring and my, a robe. Let me put the royal robe on you because I'm royalty. We will go to my kingdom and you're going to be a part of my family. I've just adopted you. I've, I've given you your freedom. I've adopted you as my family. I've, I, you have all the, You have all the perks. You have all the advantages of being royalty. You're my son. Now what are you going to say? Because that's what happened to each one of us. We've been bought with a price. And we've been brought into the royal family of God. How are you living your life? Because there's so much more that's added to that life than just freeing you out of that prison. The advantages of being a Christian is, is, no again, is beyond imagination. It's staggering imagination. So when we think about this life once again, some people have paid an ultimate price to get to where they are. Sacrifice to make a hard-earned dollar to advance in their life. And it's fair to say that we should expect in return in our energy. But again, sometimes it just don't work out. But you know what? For every believer, for every believer, every Christian that comes in the program and you utilize the success that God has Established, there is spiritual success. So you get to the end of the line in this life, and let's just say, let's just say you have advanced all the way. Let's just say you've, let's just say you've you climbed the ladder. You 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 have ran the race. You've climbed the ladder, the corporate ladder. You got you got the house. You got the cars. You have got everything else. I remember um, a radio personality by the name of Mike Gallagher. You may have heard of him. He's on talk. I guess he's still on talk radio these days. I remember him talking him on a show. He was talking about a. He was talking to a very prominent lawyer. And he, were at a part. He was at a party up in New York. And very prominent lawyer. I mean, he had, um, I mean, he was rich. And Mike said, you, you, you have worked hard. You made it to the top and stuff. And he goes, you know, how, how that's got to feel good and satisfied. He goes, I'd give it all away today. Every bit of it. If I could have my family back. Cause he sacrificed. Now, now, that's your family. That's your family. So he lost his family by a divorce. And, you know, growing up this with all the kids. That's family stuff. But there's a bigger thing that you sacrifice to at times. Because sometimes the devil will give you, sometimes the devil will give you all the uh, all the things in this life just to distract you off the spiritual life. But let's go to Ecclesiastes 1. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 1. Get you guys into this for a minute. And whoever gets Ecclesiastes, go ahead and read one through four for me. Go to Psalms. Go to the right. Or
2: Ecclesiastes.
1: Ecclesiastes one, one through
2: four. The son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher.
1: Vanity of
2: vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever.
1: Okay, go ahead. Continue reading on verse five, there, Brady.
2: Also, the sun rises and the sun sets,
3: and hastening, hastening, hastening. To its place, it rises there again. Blowing toward the south, then turning toward the north, the wind continues whirling along, and on its circular courses the wind returns. All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the river flow, there they flow again. Okay,
1: Amanda, verse 8.
3: All things are wear, wearisome, man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is that which will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun.
1: Okay, Wiley well, Gunner, finish out with 10-11. All
3: right. Is there anything of which one might say, See this, it is new. Already it has existed for ages which were before us. There is no remembrance of earlier things and also of the later things which will occur. There will be for them no remembrance among those who will come later still. All
1: right. So here is the wise king. He And this is Solomon. Solomon was a rena- Renaissance man. He, he knew, I mean, he, everything he touched was blessed by God and he excelled in everything. Probably the richest man that's ever was, and um, military genius. He he uh, he was just incredible. So and in his life, he finally comes to the conclusion: vanity, vanity. And that word, vanity, is habal, and it's and it means it's kind of like a vapor. James says that um, that that this life is a vapor. It looks like it's got a substance to it. It's like on a cold day. We don't get many of these like these around South Carolina, but you know when you're out in the cold and you breathe and you got that mist that comes out. Looks like there's a substance there, but it completely dissipates. That's our life. And gentlemen, you you might think you've and and young lady, you might think that you've got a long time ahead of you. That you have got your whole life ahead of you. But as you know, I, some of us old timers here, including myself in there, we recognize how quick that life goes. Boom, and you'll be surprised. You're gonna you're gonna wake up one morning, you're gonna be 63, looking pretty good at 15. How huh? well looking 63? <laughs> um, but but it goes just like that. Boom! We got a picture from uh, Amanda sent us a picture yesterday of when when uh, of your Mimon and I and we were I mean we were kids, just kids. And but that's that seemed like there was no time that's passed between now, then and now. By the way, he's still a good looker. <laughs> but, anyway, we um, life is a vapor. And be careful what you invest in. Be careful with what how you invest your life because I'll tell you there is no do-overs. Now I'm not saying listen, I'm not saying to sit, no, do not set your goals and to pursue your goals and to go after them. I know what we know what your goals is, Gunner. Pursue it. I'm not saying by no means pursue it. But don't let that be your identity. Don't let that be the one very thing that drives you. Let your Christian life drive you. If somebody asks you what's your prime directive? It should not be, well I'm going to be a football coach. It should be to love my Lord with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. Somebody asked me one time, uh, a friend of mine, he's getting married, a young guy, he says, I'm getting re-, you know, goes, Buzz, I'm getting ready to get married. Have you got any advice for me? I go, yeah. Love the Lord with all your life, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all... It wasn't because you get that right. Michael, remember the, the, the movie, uh, Life of the King? It, one of my favorite movies, actually. Um, it might be 11. It did fall in the top 10, but remember he said, you know, before he got out of jail, he was good. He handed him that king. He goes, take care of the king. And everything else will fall into place. I love that. Set your mind and your soul to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. It don't matter what you do. Just set your goals. But do not set your goals higher than than your pursuit of the Christian way of life. Live in life in the light of eternity because this life is a vapor. And and James says, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Okay, grace assets. Look at some grace assets here. Your grace asset is time, one one of them. And time is a Grace commodity. And commodities are something that you have. It's an asset. But a commodity is something that you have and it's flowing away. It's You're losing it. Okay? Um, time, you don't have a whole lot of time. None of us have a whole lot of time. But you have enough time. Amen? You don't have you don't have a whole lot of time, but you have enough time. You have the time because listen, your Father in Heaven wants you to. Your Father in Heaven wants you to make that uh, wants you run that touchdown. He wants. He's given you everything that you need, including time to complete the course, and that's available for all of us. Listen, there is no not not a single one of us in this room. Or in the sound of my voice. And there is not a handicap. Some of us are prettier than others. Some of us are healthier than others. Some of us are sicker than others. There's rich, there's poor, there's all, there's no demographic. There is not a handicap that the assets of God cannot, that utilizing them to advance and to reach that level of spiritual maturity. Not a one. It starts with the word of God. Learning about the spirit that indwells you. And walking by means of the spirit. So, time is the window of opportunity. Along with all the other grace opportunities. To adjust to the justice of God. The question when it comes to grace. What do we do with the grace that God has extended to each one of us? Some of us have misinterpreted grace as this. That God has forgiven me of my sins. I'm good. I'm going to heaven. That's all that matters. And, and then they live their lives and by the grace of God there goes I. <laughs> Folks, grace demands a response. What do you do with the grace that God has afforded to you? Because if you learn the advantages, the grace advantages that God has given you, you learn them. You live by them. You will pass through this life into eternity as a winner. Again, in heaven, there's going, uh, heaven is a place of inequality. There's going to be those that going to be... Remember, a long time ago we talked about this. There's going to be the spiritual heroes. Those that came through it. Those spiritual heroes are the ones who glorify God when they're on it. See, it's not about you winning. It's about glorifying God. And when you glorify God, you're brought into that winner's circle. Okay? Okay? Our main objective is to glorify God. But in heaven, there's going to be the spiritual heroes. Which I want to be one of them. I want, I want all of you to be one of them. I want Tim to be one of them. Yvonne to be one of them. My brother Mike. you have friends. You've got, you've got a list of friends. Listen, this is why we pray for the saints. Okay, it's okay to pray for our ingrown toenails and our broke arms and this, that, and the other thing. But the scripture says pray for the saints. Because they're in the battle. I want I want my friends, I want my family to be in that winner's circle. Amen. But there's always there's also going to be spiritual weenies. I don't want you guys to be spiritual weenies. I, I want I want you to have the all the, I want you, I want to say, I will be there and there. That's, that's Grady. That's Grady. I the crowns and the robes and uh, ruling over nations and got that little, little thing around. Or the morning star and the, and the, and the pebble with your name. I don't understand what that is yet, but the pebble with your name on it. But I, I think we do want that. <laughs> you probably know what, I don't know what that is. You know know what I'm talking about, right? In Revelation. I don't know what it is, but if God says I want it, I want it. Okay? I want to see you to have this. And um, I thank God you're here. You know, because I'm not making this up. This is scripture. Am I making this up, Mom? No, this is scripture. Okay? I'm dogmatic about this. We've got a life, we've got a dynamic spiritual life, a Christian life. And we're going to live it all the way to the finish line. And as a pastor, standing up here in the pulpit, I'm going to continue to drive this point home. And I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to pray for you. Maybe, And and if we're going in the same direction and I see you going off, I'm going to bop you in the back of the head. And I said, boy, what are you doing? Because I love you. So, grace is that which is given, which is undeserved. And grace demands a response. You know, when I give something to someone, and listen, here's, here's a lesson for you. I think you all got, I think you guys already know this. When God has blessed you with something, and you're, you're maybe you're going, to buy, let's just say, I'm going to buy dinner. I'm going to buy you dinner. Or, Or you need, or, or out of blue, I'm I'm going to get you something. I'm going to buy you something, or whatever. What's the response? That's grace. It's grace. While God graced me, I'm going to grace others. What's the response? Normally these days, I don't know why, but oh, you don't have to do that. When has that to come? When did that start? Just say thank you. Thank you. That's very kind of you. You know, if I, if I do something for you, grace, say thank you. You know, and pass it on. You know, and stuff. Because grace, it's a grace and grace demands a response. God has graced us out with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Should we not ourselves, our lives be a response for what he has done already for our lives. Amen. So in heaven, some of us will look at our lives and see that we've spent our whole lives running away from blessing. Oh yeah. We want listen, we want to be blessed. But we want to be blessed where God blesses us. We want, or we want to be blessed. We want to be in that place on our terms. What am I saying? Let's just say it like this. Some of us will spend our lives looking for comfort. We will spend our times running away from pressured situations. We will run our times trying to find what the most comfortable things in our lives. And when it gets a little bit of pressure, we'll go another direction. And when we get to heaven, we'll find out that many of the places that we ran away from, that's where God was going to bless us. Sometimes it's time to move on, but sometimes sometimes it's time to just stand firm and watch what God's going to do with you in that place. said time we need to be praying for each other. But in the, because it's in those situations that we're going to use the assets of God. In those situations, also gives other people. Grady, you are in a difficult situation. You are in in a place that you're getting bombarded left and right, and you got pressure, and you you just you don't know what to do. But you will stand firm. You got people you witness to. You God has put you in there, and you recognize it's that. It's um, that, okay, you're going to stay because it's, you recognize that God, by his hand, puts you there in that place. And you're going to stand firm. That's where God is going to bless you. But it also gives the rest of us opportunity because we're praying for this saint over here and the physician that he's in to hang tight. We're going to encourage him, keep fighting, because in there, at that place, Grady is going to be, Blessed in that. Do, I, do you understand what I'm saying? And hang tight. Might be time for you to pack and go, but not always. Sometimes, as you, as you grow up and you realize it may be a crummy job, but you realize God has put you there, and you're praying, and there's nothing in your heart to say move along. But so you so you're praying. You've got your ministry. You know that's where your ministry is. All right. Missed opportunity. Again, for a missed opportunity, here's the word of warning. There's no do-overs. There is no do-overs. None of... When we're in heaven, and what I say, when you we're at the heaven, in heaven you're going to realize all the coulda, woulda, should Anybody, anybody here could have, would have, should us. besides me? You look back on your life, man, I could have done this, I should have done that, I would have done that. And you, is it, reg- is it regretful? Yeah, it's regretful. You know, and, and I look back and I, I really regret some of the decisions I make or some of the decisions I didn't make. The ultimate in the coulda, shoulda, woulda is when you're absent from the body and face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because then you're looking at I coulda, shoulda, woulda. If I would, if I coulda, shoulda, woulda, the spiritual life, and put everything into growing in the Lord, growing in God, then I could stand up here in the winter circle with mom <laughs> um, but the um, there is no do-overs you cannot petition god and say just just send me back just i i just didn't know oh but you did oh but you did to go back uh But how many of us would want to go back just for the plain fact that we know what we didn't accomplish? Because you have an eternal... Again, I'm going to tell you that you will be happy in heaven. I'm confident of that. I'm going to be happy in heaven. I think some are going to be happy with much more blessings, eternal blessings, than others. Let's see. Excuse me for I'm ready to bleed out here. Anyway, so there again, point of point of warning: there is no do overs. Um, there's gonna be tears in heaven. In Revelation twenty one four says that every tear will be wiped away. And I don't know, I'm only speculating about this, but I almost bet that the tears that are wiped away are the tears of those that recognize that life is over and that that their lives were lived in vain. I think that's going to be the biggest. Um, How would you like, I mean, I think that would be the biggest loss or the biggest Consequence. Let me just say that. this biggest consequence is to, to live your whole life and to realize it was all in vain. That vapor counts for nothing. Counts for nothing. Let's take a look at the justice of God for salvation, or justice of God in blessing. Let's go back to our... Verse six or Hebrews six verse ten. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name, and having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. We're going to talk some about the work, maybe Thursday night. But in God's justice we often think of crime and punishment. When you think of the justice system, you think you think of God uh, of God being hard on sin, but it's more than that. God's justice also works for blessing. So in God's justice, in God's justice, He He blesses, He also curses. And God "Let me let me put it like this. Um, here's Lee. Jolene's got a job, okay, and Jolene works for a week for work for a week, and she uh and she's gonna pay, get a paycheck at the end of the week. And um and she's worked for this much money. She's she's done this job. and she's gonna get a hundred dollars? When it gets time to pay, get paid, the the guy who hired her only pays her fifty dollars. Is that just? No, it's not just. It's not just. What would be just is that she got $100 for her work that they agreed upon. See, it's the same thing with God. And here we have in verse 10, for God is not unjust. So as to get your work and the love which you have shown toward his name and having ministered. Okay, and... Um, so God's justice. Once again, I want you to remember this: that God, in His justice, and God is perfectly just. He not only curses, but He also blesses. Um, God is perfectly fair, and He's not going to cheat you. First Timothy 5:18. Let's turn turn with me to First Timothy 5:18. And whoever gets there can read that one for me. Five eighteen. Yes, five eighteen, sir.
3: For the Scripture says, "You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages." Do not receive an accusation against an elder.
1: Okay, that that'll be good. Okay, because that's uh, you shall not muzzle the ox. Uh, Our labor is worthy of his wages. God in God's economy, God's economy, let's, let's put it like this. At the conclusion of history, every sin will be accounted for. Every sin will be paid for. Because God is perfectly just, and every sin will be—how do you say? It? Justice will come upon every sin. Yeah, I know. I know what your the eyebrow is. It's either on the cross, where Christ paid for those sins, or you know. But every sin—I mean, when when every when this when all of history is gone, where there. Everything that comes short of the righteousness of God will be punished. Jesus Christ was punished for our sin. He went to the cross for our sins. And by believing and trusting Him, we have eternal life. But at, but all sin, all sin will be will have will have its day in court. Okay. And um, but also. Your work is worthy of pay. So, just as just as the the sin is going, the sinner and the 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 wages of sin is death, as that's going to be taken, so is the reward for service. Your service to God is payable, recompensable. How do we say it? that there there is a spiritual, there is a divine paycheck. I'll show you this. God is just in that there will be a recompense, a payment for work rendered. And when we say work, we mean work that meets his quality standard, which is his righteousness, that comes as we're growing in a spiritual life and we're learning to walk in the spirit. The fruit of that is, is uh, the fruit is, is rewardable let let's go to Second Corinthians five ten. Me and my buddy uh, and my what and my missus we talked about this yesterday. First Corinthians five, Second Corinthians five ten. I was almost right. I said First Corinthians Death day 10. ten. Who's got it for me? For Second Corinthians five ten.
3: For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompense, for his deeds in the body, according according to what
1: he has done,
3: whether good or bad.
1: Okay, at recompense is in the Greek. It, i forgot to look that up, but it's pay. It's a pay. Um, you're going to get paid for it. Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians three twelve. First Corinthians three twelve. You got that, got her Yes, sir. Go for it.
3: Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it, remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Okay, very good.
1: And some might say, when we get to heaven and we find out great inequality in heaven, some might say, what happened to grace? Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this. Is there any grace in heaven? We're looking for a place. We're looking for... uh, we're looking for a new heaven's new earth where righteous dwell. Is there grace and mercy there? No. Why not? There's no need for mercy and grace. Sin has sin has run its course, judgment has happened. And so, when we're up in heaven and some people are getting rewards and some isn't. Some, some might, some could probably say, "What happened to grace? What happened to grace? You know, I, how come he gets that and I don't? He's not grace in heaven. Grace, uh, in on this earth, we are we are equal when it comes to our advantages. We are equal when, um, all of us have the same. We have equal equality. I've heard this. We have e- equal equality. <laughs> yeah, I know you're laughing, Tim." We have equality. We all have equality to live the spiritual way of life and press forward. We we are equal as far as that goes. And some of us will use our equal, some of us will use our freedom and our equality to advance to the high ground. We will take all that God has given us and advance to that high ground. Others will be others will be spiritual slackers. You know what I mean? They're going to they they're going to they they won't spend any time in the word no time in prayer no time serving everything will be what my buddy Steve called self program the self program it's everything me myself and i you never gone an extra mile for somebody it's all about you it's all and, and where you're at so that's you're, you're so self-centered that your spiritual life is only lived by convenience. You'll be in church when it's convenient. You'll serve when it's convenient. You'll read your Bible when it's convenient. You'll pray when it's convenient. You know what you're going to find then? It's never going to be convenient. <laughs> Just... I had to laugh, at you know, I was talking to a guy, and I, I was, I was in a playful mood, and, but sometimes I'm in a playful mood, I'm serious, but I'll, I'll be dramatic, I'm like my daughter, I'm a little dramatic sometimes, Um, but, you know, you heard, you if you haven't heard, you hear, well, I worked pretty hard all week, you know, and I, you know, and I, by the time Sunday goes out, it's my only day of sleeping in, you know, and stuff, and well, first of all, service isn't until eleven o'clock. You want to sleep in past eleven? Oh my goodness! Okay, I didn't even go there. <laughs> but um, you know, you can find a church that will even have an evening service. But that's that. That dog didn't hunt. But he said, you know, that, you know, I work pretty hard. I don't have time to go. To ch- you know, I don't have time to go to church on Sundays. You know, I just it's my day of sleeping and my relaxing and stuff. And I said, yeah, real good, real good. Okay, yeah, Hey, God. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, listen, I know that you're sovereignty of the universe, that you created all things and stuff, but I just don't have no time for you, and I'm just going to sleep in on Sundays. And that's basically, and I was getting a little dramatic went on and stuff. And, but more or less, that's it. You don't take time for God. You don't take time to invest. This is what we're talking about. Your investment in your spiritual life is going to pay out dividends. And the work and your service that you do for the Lord as a part of the fruit of the spirit as your as part of your spiritual growth package, gonna have great rewards in heaven. Okay. Um, so God keeps perfect books. God is not unjust as to forget you, is to overlook. He is the perfect paymaster, he knows every cent. That he has promised you. And you're going to get a full reward for services rendered to him. Good works. So just as it is that not one sin will be left unaccounted for at the end of history. There will not be one righteous deed that will not receive an appropriate payment for services rendered. Philippians 121 for me. Michael, you got this one. I know Philippians is one of your favorite books, I think. Philippians 121.
2: For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ... But that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So that okay, you-
1: that's good. That's good. And that's, you know, and that's talking about the ministry. We may get back to that when we get to the ministering part of this verse. Um, fruit is a result of our labor. Fruit is a result of our labor. Just as it was Psalm, one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible, Psalm one, one, one. Blessed is the man who does not walk, you know, and um, I'll go back. And Psalm one, one, how blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season all right Romans 13 somebody please
0: I do not want you to be unaware brethren that often I have planned to come to you and I have been Fruit prevented so far, so that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles.
1: All right. Um, So there is that, there is that. Paul's ministry, as we see in Philippians, and we see it in Romans as well, that his ministry, that it's bearing fruit, and that fruit is um, to receive. And Paul, by the way, in his letter to Timothy, is saying, you know, when it did come time for him to leave, he said, I'm ready to go to receive my reward and the crown of righteousness, but not just me, but everyone who loves his appearing." So now we come to love toward God's name. Back to Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unjust, so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name. Okay, that that word here, the Greek word is anoma. Anoma. And that word means, um, it means name, a person with possible implications of existence or relevance as individual persons or people. Fancy really didn't really don't tell us that much. I, I kind of threw that definition in there. So let me let me talk let me bring it down to layman's terms. Terms I can understand. N- name can mean three different things. anoma. what's the word? Anoma, okay? That it may, can mean three different things. First of all, it's a personal name. Wally, personal name. You know That's your name. That's your Anoma. Amanda, Anoma. That's, you know, um, my, Mom, Laura, Anoma. That's your name. Okay, so personal name. It identifies you. But Anoma can also mean authority. The things produced by the authority invested in the believer. When you are carrying out assigned uh, assigned duties, serving the King, you do so according to the authority. So I do think it's like when I'm marrying somebody, I say uh, the authority that is invested in me. So that authority in the name of, so the service that we do in the name of the Lord, we come. In authority, we have that authority, as a pastor, and the authority of the Word of God. In the name, when we um, when we get baptized, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the authority of them, we are baptized. And then, anoma can also mean reput- uh, reputation. This is where we go to the commandment. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Do not take the Lord's reputation in vain. And each of us as Christians, when we act like the world, when we talk like the world, when we when we live like the world, we are taking the names. It doesn't matter. We may, have, we may not cuss at all, but we're still taking the Lord's name in vain when we take his reputation in vain. So good works, that is that which is produced by the spiritual life that brings credit to the Lord's reputation. When we're doing, when we're ministering to others, when we're growing in the Lord, when we're ministering to others, when there's good works, it it brings glory to God. That is in His name. We love His name. See, loving His name. See the one thing why people act. You have a you have a problem with sin, ladies and gentlemen. I say if you got a problem with sin, you have got a problem with your love for the Lord. Because here it is, my wife, who I so dearly love, and I love her, and I would not want to do anything to disgrace her, to to um, discredit her. To upset her because of my love for her. And when my love for the Lord is so great. How how did I overcome sins? We all have sins. Right? We, uh, I'm not here now. or so. Look back on your past life. And so I'm not saying nothing on myself. I had struggles with sin like everybody else does. Maybe different from your sin. But, um, but we all have struggles with sin. How did I overcome it? It wasn't by me saying, I'm not going to sin no more. I'm not going to do this no more. It was from my relationship and growing in the Lord. Learning to love my God and loving my God makes me want to do the things. What is it Michael? I don't I don't got to do something. I get to do something. I get to go to church. I get to read my Bibles. I get to get up in the morning and read and and pray. I get to go the extra mile for somebody. I get to love my enemies. When I go into a fiery situation, a stress situation, I get to go there because I can glorify God in that situation. Amen. So here it is that the Lord says, I'm not the Lord is not unjust. To know your work, which is a labor of love. Because your spiritual life will motivate you. See, a lot of us, our ministries are some, well, I gotta do this, I gotta do this for church, I gotta do this, with that, and stuff. But when your attitude is your love for the Lord, you get to do these things. Okay? Uh, so in the name of the Lord, it is our service to the Lord as slaves, which, the writers of Scripture, namely Paul, Peter, John, and James, they all say that they all refer to themselves as slaves. I'll read these verses: John nine four. We must do our work with works of Him who sent me, as long as it's day. This is Jesus speaking. Night is coming when no work can be uh, can work. John four thirty four. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And as imitators of Christ, that's what we do, folks. Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, do it as unto the work, as unto the Lord, and not of men. So, Ephesians, once again, Ephesians tells us that we are That um, we were created for good. We we are his workmanship, created for good works that we should walk in them. And knowing that we will receive a reward from the Lord for the good work. But that work is motivated by our love for the Lord. It's not not just that we get up in the morning and say, Oh, I got to do this for ministry. You get up in the you get up in the morning for your love for the Lord. And there you go. Today we've covered a number of things. First, our service to the Lord Our internal investments with the return for with great rewards. Number two, Grace attributes afforded to the believer, namely time, which is our investment capital, can be invested or it can be squandered. What do you do with what God has given you to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Number three, God is just a just God. In justice he either punishes as well as he rewards. Number four, all we do is in the name of God by the authority and upholding his divine reputation. In the movie, Gladiator, Maximus was leading his men at the beginning of the movie. Maximus was leading his men into the charge going up against the Germanians. And he has his officers, his cavalry around him. He gives them one last pep talk. He says to them uh, he talks about going in, you know, imagine where you're going to be and all, but then he says at at that little talk, he says, What we do in life echoes in eternity. And that's the truth. What we do in this life will echo throughout all of eternity. We'll close it out this morning with, um, let's see, well, I don't know, what, what are we, what are we doing, Grady? heart, heart, hear, heart the herald angels sing. Um, Thursday night, we got done our lesson, Thursday night, we will be going over our quiz. So we'll have, Thursday night will be a discussion, and Tuesday night at 7 a, or 7 p.m. Tuesday will be our prayer, prayer meeting, okay? And so... If you're listening in and you want to be a part of that prayer meeting, send me an email with your... Um, send me an email. I'll send you a link to a, a Zoom on that. And, um, but if you're in the neighborhood, please come by and pray with us. So, um, All right. right, let's And remain standing for opening or closing hymn. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. life heavenly father to not only to call us out of the darkness and out of dungeon but to adopt us as your sons you've given us every advantage to advance in the spiritual life to the high ground of spiritual maturity that you might be glorified in us and us and you I pray, Heavenly Father, that with all the assets that you've given us, may we recognize it, may we count our blessings each day. And regardless of what we're going through in this life, let us double down on this spiritual life to press forward until we all reach that high ground to hear that those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I will make you ruler over many. In these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now to him. As able to keep you from stumbling. To make you stand in the presence of his glory. Blameless. Great joy. To the only God. Our Savior. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Be glory, majesty, dominion and authority. Before all time. Now and forever. And all of God's people.
0: Amen. Knowing you, Jesus. Knowing